following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. This week we spend time with Beach Head Coach Lauren Elkins as well as Hendersonville Head Coach Kelly Reed. We hand out Players of the Week, preview the upcoming district tournaments, and more. This is Full Court Press covering high school sports in Sumner County with your host, Zach Womble. Hey everybody, when you see the hoop, you know what time it is. Welcome into another edition of the Full Court Press. I am, your, of course, your host, Zach Womble. And in this episode, so much I've been through. But first things first, if you have not already, please like, subscribe, and rate the podcast wherever you may be listening. It helps me out so much. I want to say thank you to all the fans that tune in each and every week. You, you can, of course, follow the show on Twitter at FCP underscore MSP. You can follow me on Twitter at Zach Womble MSP. Go ahead and turn on those notifications so you never miss an episode. First things first this week, let's talk about Hendersonville High School basketball as we get set to bring in head coach Kelly Reed. The Lady Commandos are the second seed for the upcoming District 10 4A tournament after winning a three-way tie between them, Gallatin, and Station Camp. Of course, defeated the Bison in their last regular season contest on February 11th to force that three-way tie. They automatically qualify for the region tournament for the first time since 2014-2015. So that seems like a perfect segue to bring in Reed. So welcome into the show for the first time this season, Kelly Reed. How are you doing this morning? Good morning, Zach. I'm doing well. How about yourself? Doing good, doing good. Thanks again so much for doing this. 16-9 and nine on the season, 6-4 and four in league play. The most successful season in terms of seeding for Hendersonville High School girls basketball in what seems like a long time. Uh, what is the excitement level around your program and in the school building right now? Um, obviously, we're excited about uh, having a second seed, but at the same time, we're just focused on, you know, it's 0-0 now. So um, we're, it's kind of a brand new year, and uh, obviously it is exciting. It's an exciting time for the players in the school, but we still have some business to take care of. So uh, we're just trying to focus on that part. You're now in your second season as head coach. How have you been able to turn around the program so quickly? Uh, you know, I just think it's been uh, – I've had some great leaders. Uh, I've had some great girls, Brett Taylor, Kristen Morgan, Haley Sebring, um, CJ McKenzie that kind of uh, bought in. Uh, also, Jaron Jarrett, Delaney Nemec, but that really bought in to uh, to changing the culture, and they were ready for it. And so they really followed followed my lead and, and helped the younger ones along the way. And I think uh, anytime you're coming in, it's not just about the managing the players. It's kind of a managing, you know, 19 different – Top the kids and coaching every kid different, coaching every kid to what they need. So I'm really focused on trying to do that in my first couple of years. How much of your past basketball experiences do you lean on, whether that be playing at a high level at Clark Range, which saw a 39-0 state title team, whether that be at college from Roan State to Tennessee Tech, or just past coaching stop? How, how much do you lean on those, those past experiences to get you through uh, leading this Hendersonville program? Um, obviously, I, I take a lot of, of uh, stuff that I learned in high school from Coach Rogers. Uh, he is one of the most intelligent uh, X's and O's coaches I've ever played for. As also, just the leader uh, mentality that he had. Then um, I played, played for a great coach at Run State, Monica Bowles, a great coach at Tech, uh, Jim Davis. And uh, so I, I just try to take a little bit from everybody. I think the winning mentality definitely came from Coach Rogers, though. Uh, he definitely instilled that in us. And, it was it was a win or nothing. So that's kind of 
the way I've leaned on. I tell the girls all the time, you know, I've lost more as a coach than I ever did as a player. So <laughs> I've really had to to learn um, to how to deal with losses and how to get better from from losses. You know, you mentioned playing for. You mentioned playing for that legendary coach Lamar Rogers, 140 and 22 during your four years of high school ball. You're right; you didn't you didn't lose a lot. So I was going to say, uh, just how big of an adjustment was it for you? You know, you took over. Uh, you went to Springfield before you were at Hendersonville, uh, eight and 20, I think you were at Springfield, and then obviously this year more wins that, than losses. So you, you're turning that dynamic around. But yeah, like you said, it probably was tough for you to just transition from you know winning a lot especially as a high school player I wasn't sure how you did uh in college but a winner nonetheless and now you know it was obviously a struggle for the first couple of years but here you are on the right side of it do you think you're a better coach for that oh absolutely I think you can take stuff from being a player and, and it's completely different from being a coach uh so I definitely think that uh you know my year at Springfield taught me uh so much I learned more from those kids than they probably learned from me when I was there and uh, just the way they handled themselves, uh, win or loss. And, and it was all about, uh, and it still is here, you know, last year, but it was all about what are you going to do with the loss? You know, you, you kind of got to um, carry yourself the same way, whether you win or you lose, because at the end of the day, those kids still look at you and practice every single day and, and what you're going to bring to practice and, and what you're ready to, to teach them. So I really just had to uh, develop a more positive mentality about it. Obviously, uh, we don't want to lose. That's not what we're trying to do. But I think coming in last year here, um, it was kind of uh, how are we going to learn from every loss? And if we could ever get over the hump of, of the losses, uh, you know, that, that could be the turning point for us. And I think we've been able to do that a little bit more this year than, than last year. When was your program changing moment? Like when did it click for, for your girls? Uh, I believe it was uh, last year because, you know, I didn't have seniors, uh, obviously. So. I believe it was last year at station camp. Uh, we played on, I believe the, the score was uh, 63-69 final, something like that, 62-69. But uh, we were down almost 20, came back, and, um, you know, we had some chances to win the game. And I think when the girls saw that and they were, you know, they realized, that, you know, hey, we can play with some of the better teams in our district. Uh, I think that was a really pivotal moment for us. And then from that point on, um we really turned it around. And I, even our practices changed, our, our just our whole momentum, um, the way they were carrying themselves, more confident. So I really believe that was a turning point for us. You know, this was a girls' program before you come in that had a little bit of a turnstile in terms of just bringing in coaches. Uh, but they really bought in, completely bought in, to the defensive end of the floor. Are you surprised that the buy-in was so quick for you from your team? Well, uh, a little bit, but at the same time, um, I just, you know, I let them know when I came in, uh, you're either going to play defense or you're not going to play. Um, so that was kind of one of the things that, that we really, really preached, uh, in the beginning was just, you know, we're going to win on the defensive end, especially when you get into the tournament. Um, everybody knows what you're going to do. Everybody knows your offense and stuff. But when you play defense, you know, that, that you can't scout that. That comes from, from your heart. And, um, so I really think they bought in to that and, I think this season uh, we've really bought in on the defensive end even more than, than last season. Yeah, playing really well on that side of the basketball. But flipping into the opposite side on offense, you know, you guys are really balanced. I feel like any any one of your players can go out and score double digits for you or you could have four or five girls that, you know, get a get a steady amount of points. 
how has that dynamic helped shape this season? And does it take pressure off the girls and you knowing that you have several different scoring opportunities? Yeah, I think we're we're very unselfish team. Uh, and that's that's just come from, you know, how close they are in the locker room and how close they are outside of basketball. So we, we all want success for each other. And, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, we could have, you know, we sometimes we have four or five girls with six, eight points. Um, sometimes we're a little too um, unselfish, honestly. You know, there's sometimes where, you know, somebody will have a shot and more open and then they'll give it up for somebody else that may not be as open. Uh, but yeah, it, it is nice to have that. It, it helps us, uh, be able to kind of spread the floor out more. And, uh, once we start knocking down shots, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, uh, cause we get plenty of shots, but, uh, we start knocking down some shots in the next couple of weeks. Uh, that would be, that would be helpful. Yeah, it certainly doesn't seem like your team loses confidence, even if even if shots aren't going in. I feel like even at Beach, which I think was the biggest district loss of the season for you, for your team, thirty, it, it still feels like you were firing up shots left and right. They just they just weren't falling. I guess where does that confidence uh, come from? Do you think? Uh, well, I you know I just tell them if, if if you're not out there and and you're not a threat, then there's no reason for you know you can just come sit by me on the bench because. <laughs> At all times, everybody on the court has to be a threat. I mean, that's just how it is. And so I just tell them, you know, if you're not shooting, uh, you're not making something happen, then you can come over here and figure out next time you go in if you're going to shoot or not. So I think that that's just where they – I'm not – and I tell them all the time, if you miss an open shot and it's a good shot, I'm not going to say anything to you. So I think that's just the confidence they have is they know that, you know, they, whether it, unless it's a layup, of course, I'm not going to say anything. Um, so that's, yeah. that's kind of one of the things that uh, I preach often. And, you know, they come into the gym a lot and shoot on their own um, when when we're not in practice. So I think that also helps their confidence just to be able to shoot the ball. Certainly, yeah. Definitely got to help having a coach in, in your corner no matter what. Coach Reed, you're likely, you know, it, it, they you, the first round of the district tournament hasn't happened yet, so I got to do a little bit of projection. So I'm assuming that you are going to play Gallatin in the first round uh, of the district tournament, splitting – uh, you know, you guys split your first two regular season games. I'm wondering what happened in that first go-around, which was a 16-point win, that didn't happen that second go-around, which was a five-point loss. Uh, you know, we talked about uh, our defensive uh, effort and intensity, and uh, we did not uh, show up at Gallatin with that until about uh, three minutes and 51 seconds left in the game. Uh, we were down uh, 12 at that point. It was uh, 41-29. Uh, we ended up just picking up on the defensive end and ended up scoring uh, 18 points in three minutes, 51 seconds, just for that reason. And uh, so I think that that was the biggest. Here we, we really locked down and defensively, and there we, we weren't. We were a little bit more loose. So we're going to have to correct that if we see them again in a couple of days. Absolutely. Well, Hendersonville High School is set to probably host Gallatin in the second in the semifinal round of the District 10-4A tournament with an opportunity to host a region game for the first time in uh, I don't know how long. I know the last time they went to the region tournament was 2014-15. I believe they were on the road for that. So, Kelly Reed, I want to thank you so much for joining us today on the Full Court Press. Best of luck uh, in the upcoming tournament. Uh, thank you, Zach. I appreciate you guys calling. Have a good day. You too. Thank you so much. 
That was Hendersonville head coach Kelly Reed on to talk about her team, just the the amount of success that they've enjoyed this season, six and four in league play. As I mentioned previously, the number two seed in the upcoming District 10-4A tournament, uh, one of their highest seeds in recent memory, an automatic bid to the region tournament. But I don't think just getting to the region tournament is going to be good enough for them. Uh, I, I think they want to obviously win that semifinal game and give themselves a chance uh, to host a team out of District 4A. Whether that be uh, a Lebanon, it probably won't be Cookville or Lebanon, but it'll probably be like a Green Hill or a Wilson Central, somebody like that. And if they do host one of those teams, you've got to like their chances uh, in order to move on to that semifinal round. So before we get into our next interview with Beach Head Coach Lauren Elkins, I want to hit you with our Players of the Week this week. Again, this is a segment that we do every week and one that we have a lot of fun doing, an opportunity to highlight these student athletes for their big performances throughout the week and none bigger this week than Tristan Conger scoring 31 points for Pope Prep in their regular season finale over CPA to secure that two seed for the upcoming Division II AA Middle Region District Tournament. That is a mouthful. Uh, say that five times fast. But he was amazing. He was spectacular in that win and has been really good for that team down the stretch and should give them uh, a good opportunity to really do some damage in their upcoming uh, Region District Tournament. With that two seed, they automatically secure a bid to the region tournament. And if they can get a win as the number one top two seed, you're automatically into the Elite Eight with a chance to get to the state tournament final four. Tristan Conger scoring 31 points again for their regular season finale victory over CPA to earn that second seed. And then our girls player of the week, we just heard from her head coach, but it's Cookie Morgan who scored 10 points, including six points in the fourth quarter to help seal a 42-36 victory over Station Camp in the regular season finale. That win, of course, forced a three-way tie for the district's number two seed. Of course, Hendersonville won that coin flip, being the odd man out when they all three flipped the coin. Hendersonville landed tails, Gallatin and Station, excuse me, Hendersonville landed heads, Gallatin and Station Camp landed tails, meaning Hendersonville was the odd man out, getting them the two seed in the upcoming district tournament. Again, that would not have been possible without a victory over Station Camp in the fourth quarter where they came from behind to win. So a really good win on senior night for Hendersonville High School, helped powered by Cookie Morgan's 10 points. Let's go ahead and jump right into our boys' rankings. Up first, nothing has really changed, to be honest, from the last week. The top nine stay the same as we get ready to head into our district tournament. So I'll keep it quick. Beach, Pope Prep, Gallatin, Portland, Hendersonville, Station Camp, White House, Westmoreland, and Merrill Hyde are our top nine teams. Again, Beach 29-0, and 10-0 in league play. I've got a column coming out this week where they are now for, focused on four must-win games. That, of course, is in the region tournament. They're the number one seed in the district tournament. They could, in theory, lose game the district tournament, still move on since they had that number one seed, the automatic berth in the region tournament. So they are now focused on four must-win games, that of course being the region quarterfinal, the region semifinal, the region final, and their sub-state game in order to get to the state tournament. So will it happen? I guess we'll have to wait and see, but no change in my number one ranking for Beach High School 29-0. Pope Prep 20-7, 8-4 in league play as you see on the ticker. The number two seed in the Division II AA Middle Region District Tournament, Pope's highest seeding in program history. They haven't surpassed the most wins in program history. I believe that was 21 wins by 
Beach's head coach, Kit Brown, who coached at Polk Prep prior to Charles Wade taking over the Knights program. But again, their best seeding in history, looking to get 21 wins on Thursday night when they host Lipscomb Academy in their in the semifinal round of the district tournament. Lipscomb Academy, of course, upset Innsworth on Tuesday night to get to that game. So it should be a lot of fun, that one on Thursday night where Brett Burwagger and I will be. And then Gallatin, Portland, and Hendersonville. I feel good with three, four, and five. Listen, Hendersonville nearly lost to Station Camp at home in the regular season finale. So I was close to putting Station Camp above Hendersonville, uh, but I'm keeping them at five. I do think, however, they have kind of slid a little bit on the back half, second half season. It'll be interesting to see how they do in their first round matchup with Station Camp in the District 10-4A tournament. They match up as the 4-5 seed on Thursday after playing in the regular season finale. Of course, Hendersonville beat Station Camp both go-rounds in the regular season, once by three, the second time by two. So will Hendersonville win by just one this go-around? I'm not really sure. Will Station Camp get the upset? We'll kind of have to wait and see, but it's at Station Camp, so I know the Bison are feeling confident as they head into that game. And then 7, 8, and 9, rounding out White House, Westmoreland, and Merrill Hyde. White House, I feel good with being at 7. Westmoreland and Merrill Hyde, you could probably flip-flop, keep them the same. 5 and 18, Merrill Hyde, of course, having two wins in league play. Westmoreland with zero wins. So, again, team 1 through 9 Pope Prep, Gallatin, Portland, Hendersonville, Station Camp, White House, Westmoreland, and Merrill Hyde. We're going to get set to bring in Lauren Elkins here soon. So let's go ahead and talk about uh, the Beast Lady Bucks to set this up. Um, they, of course, have 11 wins in a row, undefeated in league play. They are they're looking really good. You know, if, if before their their win streak, they were just seven and nine. So I'm anxious to ask Lauren just, you know, how how was it? How was it tough keeping the girls focused? on, you know, the season ahead, the district season ahead. There's a lot to get into. I mean, she and the Lady Bucks have really had a remarkable turnaround the second half of the season to set up the district's number one ranking. Um, they look poised to, to win it all, to be quite with you. But, you know, they, they're going to have to play the district tournament, see how it shakes out. But they're playing really good basketball down the stretch. Bree Ellis has, has kind of led them, uh, been their go-to scorer, if you will. Uh, and I'm anxious to talk to Lauren about her just, you know, to see where her mindset at, where the team's uh, chemistry and, and confidence is as we head into the district tournament. It's It's been about a week um, since they last played, so is she worried about rust at all, those sorts of things. So uh, we should bring in Lauren Elkins any minute now to the full court press. Uh, so we are just waiting patiently for her to bring her in and it looks like jp is saying that she is in and ready so let's bring her in immediately coach elkins thanks so much for joining us today how are you hey i'm doing well how are you i'm doing very good i'm doing very good thanks so much for doing this hey let's jump right into the 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 questions 11 wins in a row now as we head into the district tournament what has been the key to your you know district turnaround if you will um, I think early on in the season, uh, we had to find our identity. Um, we played a really, really tough uh, non-district schedule, and so we faced a lot of battles. Um, but we were in a lot of those battles, and it, and it really kind of battle-tested us so that when we got to our district, I think we were really prepared for the teams that we were getting ready to face. 
Absolutely, it's 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 been uh, it's been a quite quite a sight to see to see eleven wins in a row. You hit on that tough uh, non district schedule before uh, Christmas seven and nine before that streak started. Did it ever feel to you like you were losing the girls? And if so, what reeled them back in? Uh, so uh, I mean, uh, we were very uh, we're we're a family, so we're really honest with each other. And going into our season, I was very frank and said, "Listen, your first half of the season is going to be tough, but if you can stick with it and you can learn through the battle, you're going to come out a much better basketball team at the end of the season." And they really bought into it, um, and that you know they're their grit and their determination is what has got them to where they are right now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, so now that you're 11 wins in a row, you're undefeated in league play, what's the atmosphere slash confidence level around this team right now? And and are they smelling the roses at all at school with the student body? Um, I would say no. Um, I think that we know that night in and night out, we've got to bring our best. Um, and when we don't bring our best, that you know we put ourselves in positions, you know, late in the game where we've got to find a way to win. Um, I do think it helps that the boys are twenty nine and zero. I think they've got most of the spotlight here. So we're just um, we're just patient and doing our thing, and hoping that you know we can come out on top um, and and get a good seat in that region tournament. Yeah, I definitely wanted to to ask you if there was any the. If you guys were, if your team was playing off of you know the boys' team being undefeated and having such a great season, if that kind of has just been a if that's been a give and take relationship for for the girls. Um, I think our boys players and our girls players they have um, they have good chemistry together. Um, like if you'll see in between practices, they'll shoot together, um, and they they've got they've got good chemistry between the teams. So I think that does help. I think the girls are excited. Um, picture on the boy, boys in their game, and I think vice versa. Yeah, absolutely. You don't. It's not every season you get two undefeated teams from the school going into the district tournament. So I'd imagine just school spirit is probably really high right now. Uh, but let's move on. I, you know, I want to talk to you about Bree Ellis, and we've talked time and time again after games just about how special she is. Now, uh, she's been a part of this program for four years. Probably for opponents, it seems like a lot longer because I'm pretty sure she's been playing uh, meaningful minutes since she was a freshman. Um, where have you seen her game grow the most? Um, you know, I think basketball IQ is a big thing. You know, um, girls that have um, girls that come in and they have talent, um, but maybe not the IQ level. And as as she's progressed throughout these four years, you've really just kind of seen that knowledge increase and. In, to be honest, it's helped win a lot of ball games that maybe we shouldn't have won. You know, she's a talented scorer, and I, I tell people all the time, I think she can score from all three levels, whether that be inside, outside, on the fast break. But I'm curious, Lauren, have you had to instill a green light in her after she spent so many seasons with such talented scorers around her? Or was that always in, just in her and she just needed her time to shine? Yeah, I think it's innate. I think her her natural scoring ability is innate, and I think she played her role when we had PSI and Dan Clare, and then was even more success, successful when she was able to step into her role when it was her time. Yeah, most definitely. You know, and and I tell people all the time, it's not just Bree that can can get it done for the Lady Bucks. There's there's a plethora of girls. How much pressure does it take off of 
her or the team and you knowing that, you know, at any given moment, any of your starting five or six or seven could go out and get a bucket for you? Uh, yeah, and I think um, I think it was a big goal for us getting towards the end of the season. You know, a lot of those kids are sophomores, so getting them comfortable to take the shot, getting them comfortable knowing, hey, you know, it's not all about one person. You've got to contribute to yours as well. Um, I think that has been a big, big reason that you see an 11-0 the last 11 games, just because they've gained that confidence and, you know, they've gained my trust and able to go, you know, get a bucket when we need it. You know, I think one of the girls that's really taken off from last year to this year has been Riley Long. I feel like she's played really good basketball, whether that be inside, mostly, or excuse me, mostly inside, maybe a little bit of outside shooting. I'm wondering what has been the key to just her recent uptick for success on the court? I think confidence. I think um, I think she just needed the confidence that she can score the ball from inside the lane, outside the lane, um, and she's she works hard every day in practice. Um, you know, she wants to beat her opponents down the floor. And I think that's a big thing for a post player. When you can get down there and get positioned first, you're able to get easy buckets. And so she's really just grabbed that little simple concept and has said, I'm going to do it every possession. Are you worried at all as you head into the district tournament that, that teams maybe bo- will box in one Bree or face guard her for 32 minutes? Is that a concern for you at all? Um, not at this moment. Um, I think, you know, like you said, mentioned earlier, I think there's just too many other weapons um, yeah. to leave open. I, I really do. I think there's too many other weapons. I think it would definitely make us change our game a little bit, but I don't think it would maybe be to another team's advantage. I understand that. Yeah, like like we were saying, it kind of you you have to you have a lot of different options. So it's not like somebody can just take out her and then you'd be good. You know, the district tournament hasn't played you the first round, so I've got to do a little bit of projection here. But I'm just going to assume that you guys are going to play Station Camp in the semifinals for a third time this season with, with both of those wins coming by single digits. It feels like Station Camp maybe played you uh, one of the – not of all the teams, maybe one of the best that they, that they played. I guess what challenges do they present for your team? Um, our girls and their girls are really close. So I think it is getting – you know, they play together AAU, they play together things like that. So it's that hometown rivalry where there's a lot of nerves, there's a lot of jitters, and – I mean that's the beauty of that's the beauty of hometown rivalry basketball. So um, you've got to overcome those jitters and those nerves and just play your game. Absolutely. Well, Coach Elkins, I really appreciate you joining me on today's show. A lot of insightful information about the Lady Bucks. Of course, they don't play until uh, later on this week in the semifinal round of the District 10-4A tournament at Station Camp High School. So if you're a fan of the Beach Lady Bucks or just Sumner County basketball or basketball in general, I urge you to come out. Coach Elkins, thanks so much for doing this. Have a great rest of the day and best of luck in prep for whoever you play. Thank you, Zach. That was Beach head coach Lauren Elkins uh, just talking about her team as they headed to the district tournament. Um, what's kind of been the key to their success so far this season? Yeah, 11 and 0 as, as they head into league play um, and probably going to play a pretty good station camp team in that first round. And uh, and like I said, station camp has played them better than pretty much any other team in the in district play. There were, there was a, you know, a good 
really close game between them and Hendersonville at Hendersonville. But I think just consistent wise station camp has, has kind of played them best. Now that leads perfectly into our girls rankings for the week. Uh, nothing really state, nothing really changes. Oh, if you see the ticker here, I've got station camp Gallatin and Hendersonville all tied for third. Listen, all season long, I've tried to rank these teams and trying to decide who should go where, and I've just given up. I just don't know. So I'm tying them all at third place. Hendersonville beat Station Camp last week of the season. Uh, Gallatin and Station Camp and Hendersonville all split. You know, they're all six and four in league play. They had to do a coin flip to determine who would be the two seed. So I'm just keeping them tied uh, at at third place right now. And, And next week's show, I'll be able to give it a little bit uh, definitive answer just to who should go where. Uh, but our top two teams stay the same. Westmoreland at number one at 23-3. and three. Overall, 4-0 and in league play. Beach, 18-10. and 10-0 and in league play. And then rounding out 6-7, 8-9. White House at 16-11. and 6-2. Pope Prep ends their season at 11-17. and 1-13. Portland at 9 and 19, 3 and 5, and Merrill Hyde at 8 and 17, 3 and 7. So, not a lot of change in the girls' rankings, but again, just 3, 4, and 5. I'm just listing them as tied for third. Moving on to could be your segment of the show is our 2 2 1 full court press, where I give you two games, two players, and one winner for the week. Not a lot to choose from as we head into the district tournament play, but the two games that I'm looking at this week are Pope Prep versus Lipscomb Academy on Thursday and Beach versus Station Camp Girls on Friday. Pope Prep, I will actually be at both of those games, but Pope Prep versus Lipscomb Academy for the third time this season. Pope, last time these two teams played, Lipscomb Academy had a 16-point fourth-quarter lead that evaporated in just four minutes as Pope Prep came on to win that game. So will Lipscomb Academy be looking for a little bit of revenge? Probably so. But listen, if Pope Prep can get this win, move into the district tournament championship, they will position themselves to be in the Elite Eight, which would be the furthest that any men's basketball team at Pope Prep has ever done. So a massive, massive game on Thursday and one that I am looking forward to. And then Beach versus Station Camp on Friday. For everything that I just mentioned, these two teams have played twice already this season. Station Camp has played Beach the best out of any of the district teams. And I think a third time may be the charm for the Lady Bison, who should be coming off a big win over Hunter's Lane in the district tournament. But you just never know. they got to play the game. Hunter's Lane, in theory, could win. So I'm doing a little bit of projecting here. But I feel safe with moving Station Camp on versus Beach. I don't know who's going to win, but one one of my big winners. I'll get to that in a second. But my two games I think are going to be really good. Like I said, Pope Prep Boys versus Lipscomb Academy and then Beach versus Station Camp Girls. My two players, Bree Ellis from Beach, for everything I mentioned in my interview with with Lauren Elkids, she can go out, she can get 30 for you, she can go out and get 10 dimes, she can get her teammates involved. But I think she is going to be key for this Beach basketball team as they move forward if they not only want to get a win in the semifinal round, but also bring home that district tournament and region tournament hardware. I think they will go as she goes. She could be the best player on the floor in the she could be the best player on the floor in the region. We will just have to wait and see. And then my other player to look out for, Cade Martin from Gallatin. Listen, Gallatin will likely play Hunters Lane in the semifinal round of the boys tournament. And Cade Martin will lead that team either to victory or 
if Asa Hardaway from Hunter's Lane is able to drop 30 and able to shut down Cade and limit him, that could be the end and spell disaster for Gallatin. So I think Cade Martin is going to lead this team as far as Gallatin can go. Not to put too much pressure on his shoulders, but I don't think I'm breaking any kind of news with that. I think Cade knows that. I think Bobby Luna knows that. I think the team understands that. Now, you obviously need other players to step up and put in big buckets, but I think uh, Cade Martin running that point and guarding Asa Hardaway will go a long way in determining just how far uh, Gallatin gets this postseason. Again, the two seats, they automatically advance to the region, but I talked to Bobby Luna just the other day, and just making it to the region isn't good enough. I think they definitely want to host a region game and give themselves a chance at playing for the region title. My one winner for this week, Beach Boys winning the District 4A championship. I think no matter who they play, whether that be Station Camp or Hendersonville in the semifinal round, I think they move on. And regardless of who they play between Gallatin and Hunters Lane in the district championship, I think they move on. So that would mean they would be 31-0 heading into the region championship. And if they win all three of those games, they will match the best in Stumman County history, which is the 1987 Gallatin girls basketball team who won the state 3A championship, finishing the year 34-0. Of course, they didn't play as many games back then, but Beach will have the opportunity if they win that to, of course, surpass that in the sub-state and, and beyond, depending on if they get to the state championship. So you heard it here first. I don't know if it's breaking news, if it's big news, if it's surprising news, but I'm picking the Beach Boys to win the District 10-4A championship. That will do it for this week's episode of the Full Court Press. I hope you had a good time listening to me ramble on. And remember, please, like, subscribe, Rate the podcast wherever you may be listening. Of course, I will talk to you next week. And again, you see the hoop. You know I'm in. Maybe an air ball this week. Off the back of the rim. I'll see you next week. This has been the Full Court Press Podcast covering high school sports all across Sumner County with your host, Zach Womble. Follow Zach on Twitter at ZachWombleMSP and follow the show at FCP underscore MSP. And don't forget to check out MainStreetPreps.com for coverage of high school sports all across Middle Tennessee. Full Court Press is a Sumner County sports podcast, Main Street Media production.